0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. If you had bought the gold price in US dollar terms around about a year ago, end of December 2022, and gone away for a year and looked at your screen this morning, you'd say, goodness me, this is really good because the gold price, as we uh, pre-record this podcast with George Chevely, Portfolio Manager at 91. Uh, the gold price is currently around about $2,040 announced, but that really doesn't tell the story because there's been some wicked peaks and even more wicked troughs during the year 2023. George is with me. It's been an extraordinarily volatile year for gold.
1: Yes, it has. And, uh, you know, we saw a big run up earlier in the year with the the sort of banking crisis in the US or the start of one, which never really happened. Uh, We then settled down over the summer just for gold then start rallying as we saw obviously increased tensions in the Middle East and we sensed a, a turn in the Fed. And then we had a bizarre breakout two weeks ago, um, which led early hours um, UK time to a massive spike up to 21:30 in Australia, but that immediately sold off. We came back down, but then after yesterday's news with the Fed sounding much more dovish and talking of cuts in 24, you know, we're seeing gold now rallying back towards you know those highs that we reached very recently.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, just to uh, recap. Um... The U.S. Federal Reserve, at its latest meeting, uh, kept rates unchanged in the United States, but did indicate there could be three cuts in 2024. Immediately, the dollar went on the defensive, and immediately uh, gold got its skates on and went up to 2,050-plus. But, George, I, I sent out a, a message on a social media platform during that rally that recently failed I and mean, when i say failed i think it went to 2080 or something and then back 100 dollars and i said unless it gets through this congestion area between let's call it 2000 and 2100 unless it gets through there and consolidates then gold is going to fail again it failed briefly but here we are again it's showing its real colors
1: yeah no i think you know it does take i mean clearly the old high was around 2070. It depends what you look on. And, and we seemed to break through that, you know, two weeks ago on a Friday evening. But maybe that was the problem. It was a Friday evening. We broke through, as I say, we spiked early hours in Australia on the following Monday and then failed. And in a way, the, the breakout was a surprise. It seemed to come off very little news. And I think maybe wasn't really followed through. But, but the fact when we failed, we didn't actually fall. We, we did briefly dip below 2000 but we've remained very well supported. Uh, I think the market is certainly sensing that 24 could be a year of cuts uh, and gold is a, a commodity you want to hold in that case.
0: Let's plough on with that because that's the latest news. As I said, the Fed indicating it could be three cuts uh, next year, but conditions can change. But let's say there is going to be. The US dollar has obviously factored that in. It hasn't gone through, I mean, the Euro dollar, for example, hasn't gone through the recent uh, highs for the Euro of 110 against the dollar. But it is very supportive. What does it mean for the contango in the gold price? In other words, the structure of gold now and uh, for future months? Has it changed materially?
1: Uh, overnight, for example? Um, No, well, we've obviously seen quite a big contango in gold markets this year, and that's really just a function of interest rates. Clearly, the cost of holding has gone up. For people storing gold, that goes up. And it really, you know, essentially just shows that change in interest rates. I think some people have been Surprised at the steepness of the curve at some points this year, but it's really because they're not used to higher interest rates. Yes. And the market is reasonably efficient on that. The other interesting thing that's happened this year in the gold market is we've seen it traded a premium in China for a lot of this year, and premium at very high levels above sort of world markets. And that really shows the demand we've seen in China, both from the government, the central bank, as well as retail. And we have to remember in China, you know, we haven't had high interest rates, people are worried about their economy, and therefore gold has been seen as a great way to protect their assets, and also a way of essentially holding dollars without holding dollars themselves.
0: Interesting. I was going to come to the demand and supply equation and you've neatly led into it with the China story. You said the authorities, so they're stocking up on their gold pile and using it as a currency. But the retail demand, I mean, does it match that, for example, of India's?
1: Well, no, India's always been a a very big market, but China is an equally um, strong market for gold and always has been. And, And really, I think in many cases, it's very practical. You know, if I sit here in the UK and I have cash deposits at a bank, the first whatever several thousand are guaranteed by my government. You don't necessarily have those guarantees in many other countries. And therefore, if people are worried they want to keep some cash somewhere, An obvious place to do that is in gold itself. They know they can turn that back into cash at any one point. And and that's what, you know, in some senses drives that demand. It's also true if you're in China, you can't just convert your money into dollars. There are restrictions, there's exchange controls. And therefore, as I say, a way of holding a proxy to dollars is by holding gold itself.
0: What other central banks have been active in the market in 2023?
1: Um, well, we've seen a number of central banks, and remember, 22, we saw a record amount of buying by central banks, and the first three quarters of this year was at the same pace, actually slightly higher. But Q4, 22 is very strong. I'm not sure we'll match that this year, but we certainly probably will have another near record if not record year for central bank buying and again the interesting thing that has been a massive support for this market because actually we've seen in the west retail buying has actually come off in fact selling because people can get more in the bank for cash with interest rates where they are so actually the gold price this year has been supported by central bank buying and that leads you know it takes us away slightly from the the fed and interest rates into the other big support for gold which is this sort of de worries about geopolitical tensions. So, you know, since two years ago, the U.S. government essentially sanctioned dollars against Russia because of the invasion of Ukraine, Um, That led other countries to look up and say, well, how many dollar holdings do I have? You know, if I upset the U.S. and they want to sanction my holdings, I maybe need to diversify. And, you know, we've seen many governments around the world and countries increase their gold buying. And I think part of that is motivated by a wish to diversify away from pure dollar or treasury holdings.
0: Gosh, it sounds a bit like the gold standard in a diluted form. What about central banks that have been selling? I mean, the theory is that I keep on hearing is that Russia, in order to fund its activities, um, its warlike activities in Ukraine, has been selling its reserves in order to fund that.
1: Um, There has been some selling, I believe, but it's quite hard to track. And one has to remember In general, the central bank has been buying, you know, most of the Russian, uh, a lot of Russian gold production as well itself. Some has been going to China, but, but they've also been supporting that. But it is true. Russia was a big buyer of gold over the last 10 years because they were selling off their dollar assets, but they've completed that. But where we've seen buy and pick up, China's being the strong buyer this year and, 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 and actually showing that. They don't always release their reserves, but they've been doing that this year. But increasingly, we've seen a number of governments around the world. So one of the bigger buyers this year has been Singapore. And we haven't seen, I mean, developed countries, as we call them, buying gold. Ireland bought some in 22. Singapore has been a big buyer, and we're starting to see more developed countries, central banks, add gold to their holdings, many of whom have not added gold for over 20 years.
0: Very interesting. Bank of England, because you're there around the corner.
1: I haven't seen that yet. I don't think we are. Okay. No, and unlikely to. Um, how about
0: how about the hedging activities of gold producers? If I woke up this morning, well, it's actually $2,037.6 per ounce on my CRB commodity index screen. I wake up and I think... We've got a marginal mine here. Our, our costs are all in costs, uh, 19 dollars per ounce. I've got to put a bit of a hedge in here. It would be criminal not to, given the fact uh, of these wicked troughs that I spoke about earlier uh, maybe coming back again at, at some point. Are they hedging?
1: We are seeing some hedging. And in fact, um, you've got two things one we got to remember i mean the dollars as you pointed out is weakened a bit but it's remained relatively strong So we have seen, whilst we've just seen possibly a new record for gold prices in dollar terms, we've been breaking records in other currency all year. Uh, And most other currencies have seen record gold prices in the past 12 months. So for instance, if you talk to Australian gold miners, gold in Australia has been through 3,000 Australian dollars an ounce for a few months now. If you then sell forward because of interest rates in the contango, you've been able to to get a price selling forward of probably 3,400 Aussie dollars an ounce. And that that has attracted some hedging, but what we've seen is a very measured approach. So yes, we've seen some producers say, I'm going to hedge 20% of my production because I do have some higher cost mines. But what we're not seeing is the massive hedging we saw 20 years ago, which had actually led to a lot of problems for companies 15 years ago when gold prices moved and they couldn't afford those hedges. So, So so we are seeing a reaction, and I think that's natural, but we're not seeing um, a lot of hedging. And and the amount of gold hedged forward today compared to the early 2000s is a fraction.
0: Is there anything I've missed in the demand-supply equation? Obviously, you've spoken about the retail demand in China and also spoken about India very briefly, but without any uh, uh, analysis and, or numbers. But is, is the retail market starting to wake up? Because people that look at gold, there are these um, gold bugs that uh, are constantly watch it. They must be quite excited at the moment and putting out newsletters and things like that. Has that encouraged a retail investor, whether it be physical uh, bars or whatever or, or coins uh, and also the ETF market?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. So if you look at the ETF, which is probably the biggest measure, really, of retail, and when I say retail, it's Western retail interest mainly because obviously in Asia, um, they tend to be more physical buyers. But if you look at ETFs globally, they peaked at 111 million ounces of gold, and that was August, September 2020, so just through the pandemic. Mm. Essentially, they've been net sellers since, and currently today... Um, ETF holdings around 86 million ounces so that's quite a you know marked decline and we've not really seen it pick up this year now maybe in the last week or so but so far it's sort of been bumping along for a month or two at around that number. But we've not seen a big interest. And I think simply at the moment in the West, you know, people are saying, well, I can put money in the bank. I can get close to 5%. I can put it in gilts or treasurers, et cetera, and get reasonable rates. So, so why do I need to put it in gold at the moment? Mm. I think that will change. I think we will see that come through. But it has been very noticeable this year as sort of the West versus the East. We've seen a very different attitude towards gold.
0: Yes, indeed. It will change because of the pronouncements last night from the Fed and further pronouncements yeah. from other central banks as well. So yes, you're right. And I share your enthusiasm that there will be some enhanced retail interest, which brings us to predictions for 2024. George, here we are. Mucking around in that congestion area on the graph of between two thousand and two thousand one hundred let's call it broad strokes here from myself, can we break and then move to the next level the next level that's never been seen before
1: yes um, i th- I think we can obviously, we never quite know, but I think if you look at you know the headwinds this year have been higher rates, um quite a strong dollar a lot of the year. Um, you know, retail disinterest, I would say, in many cases, I think you can see those turning to tailwinds as as we see rate cuts, which are likely um, dollar could weaken slightly. I, I think geopolitical tensions remain. And I think central bank buying will remain very strong as people still like to want to diversify away from pure dollar holdings. So I think, you know, all, all that, you know, there's been a few headwinds this year and gold has done actually very well supported by those central banks. As they turn to tailwinds, I think we can see gold prices move to new levels. I have to remind people that. Whilst this is a nominal high, if we get through certainly 2100, we'll be at record ever gold prices. But if you look at gold in real terms, you know, we actually, you know, if you look in real terms today, gold's been as high as 2,500 in real terms going back a few years. So, we're not, in economist terms, we're not really at the real highs. We've still got a bit to go, but I think we can go higher. I think it's very likely. And I have to then make a word for the equities because gold miners have underperformed the gold price this year for the second year in a row. They underperformed last year and again this year. And really, the reason has been similar but slightly different. So, last year, we had very severe costs. Squeeze fuel prices, COVID disruptions, logistics disruptions, they have abated to some extent this year, but not as fast as we thought. And and I think it's taking longer than we expected for mines to recover from the problems of COVID and the disruptions they faced. But as we go into 24, I think we see those costs improving. We're actually seeing a number of mines improving on volumes and that will also help their costs. So actually, I think the prospects for the equities in 24 look better than gold itself. And if gold prices are rising, I certainly expect them to outperform. So I think, you know, I'm pretty excited about 24 because I do think the risk to gold prices are higher. And in that case, I see the equities returning to their normal sort of two to three times the gold price change in a good year.
0: Significant catch up to be done by the equities. And uh, if you have a gold portfolio, you would have a mix of equities and, and physicals, whether it be via ETF or, or whatever it is. And it's slightly skewed from what you've just said towards the equities.
1: Well, I always recommend clients hold a bit of both. I think that's a very safe thing to do. As I would say, if I was managing that portfolio, I would certainly be looking to, to add on the equity side, uh, looking forward into 24.
0: George Cheevly, thank you very much for your time. That's George Cheveley, who is a portfolio manager at 91. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position